make up your mind Decide to walk with me Around the lake tonight Around the lake tonight By my side With Dylan going down the stairs inside the Bates house, he stops and looks in the living room and a guitar is on the coffee table with a mostly empty bottle of whiskey or something and a glass. <laughs> My note is so... <laughs> what, was, what was Norma doing last night? I know. <laughs> I had to like do a double take. I was like, wait a second. This means that Norma was like up... Strumming like, Caleb's like, guitar and drinking whiskey? Yeah. Something. Because that bottle of whiskey and glass, that was there for on purpose. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, he, he... Caleb didn't stay. Right. <laughs> he exactly. dropped the guitar off in a cave. And there was just was one glass. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm thinking Norma had a little moment, like, knowing that that was probably the last time she'll see her brother. Yep. Very interesting. Very subtle and interesting. Yep. I thought that was really good. Norma walks in and says Caleb left it for him. Dylan asked if he said why, and Norma says no, and she didn't ask him to explain it. Don't ask me why I'm yelling at the dirt pile. <laughs> Don't ask about my I face. won't ask you about your face. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan kind of laughs and says, after all that, Norma tells him people are generally disappointing. They can't help it, and you can't let it kill you. You know... That's some pretty good normal advice from a mom telling their kid about their, you know, vacant dad. Mm-hmm. Norma, Norma grew up a little bit. She's grown up a lot and impressed me this season. And, you know, just in this episode, she grew up quite a bit. And I think that's actually a big 
something we can see for next season is that I don't know my personal theory is that she's paving a way to have a normal life so she can share it with Romero right but I would think that because <laughs> <laughs> I've got the little cartoon eyes <laughs> The little heart in my eyes for those two. As you tuck Romero into your mama bear bed, you're like, just wait. (laughs) (laughs) This is only temporary. It's all going to be okay. (laughs) Spike won't hurt you. He's got this chip in his head. tells him she's going to look at a place called Pineview. She tells Dylan it's a place that can help people with mental issues. She says it's a bit of a drive, so she is going to get dressed and head out. So she's just googled mental institutions in her area. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) There was some talk from Carrie that, um, she sabotaged it a little bit, perhaps, um, by going to a place she couldn't afford, so she can be like, well, too bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah. We can't afford this, so you'll just have to stay here with me. Oh, I that's what I thought she was doing. Like, she purposely picked, like, the one that's twenty to 40000 a month just to be like, well, I cried. On top of $500 a night. <laughs> <laughs> I I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a shot. <laughs> Who in the world can afford that? And what insurance in the right? They'd be like, we will cover one hundred dollars a day, <laughs> max, <laughs> for three months. <laughs> exactly. I know. <laughs> That's reality. Yep. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I don't know who in the world there's the the amount of people that can afford a place like that is, uh... Those two guys playing chess. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Them. <laughs> um, so, next we see Romero walking in the police station. We can hear the DEA lady talking, and Romero walks up to the room she is in. She is saying they're going to get Bob Paris at 2130 and gives everyone some orders. The camera focuses on Romero's face while we hear the DEA lady talk about how much money has been spent on this, and they cannot miss it up. So, did you get, like, contemplative and or regretful, too? <laughs> <laughs> From Romero? Yeah. I got, he knows what time, so he knows when to, like, get Bob out of the house first. (laughs) I, I, I don't know, because I feel like he may not have come to the decision to kill him until after talking to Norma at the hotel. I like to think that. Because I kind of, I don't know, I just like it better that way. 
I thought he had pretty much come to the decision after their scene in last episode and was now kind of creeping up on this to hear what their plan was so that he could like form his plan. I mean, I think maybe the talk... I don't know which one I work like better. Yours probably is more... Um, probably more accurate. I, I'd like to think that the talk he had with Norma in this episode kind of clinched it. Like, yep, got to do it. You know? Yeah. Like, maybe he was a little on the fence and that, like, sunk it or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'll give you on the fence. <laughs> it just seemed to me that he was kind of purposely creeping up on that room to just kind of hear what their plans were which maybe a sheriff would do anyway if yeah, he wasn't I just, involved like this is my town and these federal people are in here you know I just don't know because he just kind of looked regretful and then and maybe contemplative and kind of like glad it's happening but ugh, regret regret because I like how he started it out like, I didn't come here. You know, he's all defensive about it when he starts out. And then he melts like a freaking puppy puddle. Yeah, I think... Talking to Norma. And so I just, I like that visual that he was, didn't know what to do after she left him that night. And he's defensively just clinging to what he did. And then he hears that, and he's just kind of like, oh, I'm kind of regretting it. And then he goes to Norma's to just, like, try and, I don't know, why did he go there? He didn't come there to apologize, you know? And he just kind of starts it out that way. And then he just melts in front of her eyes, and then he's like, well. Maybe it's just one of those things where he needed to see her again to really see where his heart is. Is it with her or not, you know? Yeah. Because their last scene was pretty intense. Oof. You know, and he could be Intense like... doesn't even begin. I know. <laughs> you know. So he could be just one of those that's like, I gotta know. It, am I just fooling myself or is this real? And if I see her one more time, I'll know. You know what I mean? And Oh, man. She was so awesome. Mm-hmm. She said everything right. She, you know, she said everything wrong last time they met. And this time, she really... Again... That was the theme. Norma grew up. Yeah. She had her head on straight. And I think it just melted melted him. Yeah. I just see it, you know, he finds out that they're they're planning on getting Bob at 21:30. So that's what 9:30 p.m. So That is a question I would enjoy asking. Yeah. Mr. on Twitter and I wonder if he'd answer me. So he's got, like, all day to re decide what to do, you know, because we can assume this is probably kind of in the morning. So he's probably got, like, 12 hours, you know? Yeah. To figure out. All right. I'm going to ask him after this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to make a little note. <laughs> <laughs> ask Nestor. <laughs> My friend Nestor. Oh, <laughs> uh, just ask him when you check him in tonight. Um. <laughs> Right, Twitter. <laughs> Just have to put the little smoke screen in front of you guys. <laughs> I'm going to ask him on Twitter. <laughs> um, so after 
through that, we see Norma leave her room all ready to go and looking fabulous. I loved her little tie and suit. I don't know. Very, uh... Vogue? <laughs> yeah, and just very... What's her name? Annie Hall. Mm, yeah. Um, she hesitates... Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton, yeah. Uh, she hesitates in front of Norman's room and then looks in on him sleeping. And then we have the opening sequence. I think I wrote a note about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> On his little nightstand, or the table next to the door, there was either a ferret or a baby otter. Yes, I saw that, too. <laughs> Whichever one it was, I don't really approve of it too much. <laughs> I think it was a ferret. Because <laughs> it was white, right? I don't remember. I just thought, hmm. Is that someone's pet? <laughs> or is it a baby otter? Both bad. <laughs> 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 it's but that she's was just good. getting ready to decorate the pistol river pocket gopher room <laughs> <laughs> yep um, so next we see Caleb in the middle of the woods working on his van that he needs to replace something. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he is camping out there. Cuts to Dylan standing and looking at where Caleb's van had been parked at the farm. So now I'm confused. I'm confused this whole episode about the Dylan and Caleb stuff. Didn't Caleb pretty much say he was leaving town? So why is he all like, he left? He told Dylan that he was going to be staying up some logging road that doesn't get used until the whole chick thing straightens up. Okay, so isn't that kind of where he was? I think he got, and then according to like his little conversation with Norma, it sounds like he's leaving for good. I guess so. So I'm thinking he got as far as he could and his van broke down. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we need to fully believe him about the last time. (laughs) I don't know. Leaving his guitar for Dylan, though, is sure kind of a... Oh, for sure. Here's a little piece of me. This is is it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of a nice guitar, though. I don't know guitars. I'd have to ask Rob. <laughs> I don't know him well, but it does look like like one of those Fenders that mm. like I don't Maybe know. Maybe an old '70s one or something. Yeah, one I've seen like on the Antiques Roadshow. Yeah, <laughs> it's worth like forty thousand dollars. <laughs> it's Caleb's. No, it's not. I know. <laughs> Doesn't have the case. The original case. <laughs> Okay, so next we see the outside of Emma's dad's shop, Artful Artifacts. Cuts to him inside calling for Emma. She is sitting on the couch with her laptop. That was the biggest laptop I have ever seen in my life, in person or in a show or movie. I didn't notice. Just let me ever go back and watch it. It is giant. Look at that laptop. It's huge. You can name that Saturday Night Live skit you get. 
a point in the contest. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Very obscure Sarah Life Skit from the what late eighties or early nineties? Early nineties, and we named a cat after a character in it. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> our family's crazy. <laughs> um. Yeah, I couldn't not see that laptop. <laughs> <laughs> He says he got a call from the hospital in Portland, and they may have found a set of lungs. They are just waiting for the family to confirm they will donate them, and they will hear in a few hours. She asks how she got to the top of the list so fast. He says he thinks because she is the best match. He says she needs to get ready ready in case it happens. Emma doesn't seem too happy. G-suit. Oh my gosh. being fast <laughs> her dad sits next to her and tells her everything is going to be fine so I have a little something hmm. I think so Emma knows that Dylan was looking for money wouldn't it be crazy if Emma like gets really sick from this transplant and dies but before she dies she can like find out that Dylan was the one that drove it to her and it's like this big thing. Like <laughs> <laughs> that it's like Dylan's fault. Like it's all his fault. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just thought, you know, she knew he was looking for money and then she's like all suspicious. How did I get up? to the top so fast she obviously wasn't thinking it at the beach there was no hint no I mean she was asking him in the last episode what she needs it for and is it important but yeah which is kind of the seed that made me think maybe they're trying to plant that seed in our minds that she knows that he needed money and I would guess there's a point where her dad she knew that if her dad could raise a blah, blah, blah amount of money, she'd move up to the top, and that she puts it together. Well, probably, they've probably had that conversation, like, you know, him being all, I can't believe if I could just come up with this money, we could get you to the top of the list, you know. They've probably had that conversation. Yeah, it just is a possible plot thread. It's, it's possible. It's a possibility, and it's, um, it's a big thing that it's his fault. He blames himself, or she blames him. Mm-hmm. Many things could happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Many horrible things could happen in that plot line. <laughs> Just trying to make the dilemma shippers lose sleep. Because <laughs> I'm bitter. <laughs> Those dilemma shippers, they got what they wanted. <laughs> what about us Normeros? Our rates. <laughs> We got a wry smile and a, oh, I'm going up to my house. Don't follow me. <laughs> it's all going to be fine. I know. I'm actually very pleased yep. with my Normero situation at this point. Um it's me again. 
Yeah, this episode okay, is I got full <laughs> of tiny little scenes and then big long scenes. So I, I tried okay. to kind of break it up that way. Got it. Next, we see Norman walk to a motel room carrying a plate with a sandwich and a banana. Five minutes, 43 seconds for sandwich signing. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a great shot of the sandwich. I, I was like, <laughs> I couldn't believe yes. it when I saw it. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, yep. Um, he knocks on the door and no one answers. He lets himself in and the room is empty. He walks into the bathroom and the window is open. What is on the windowsill? What is on the windowsill? I don't know. I wonder too. I, yeah, I put that in parentheses because I, I was going to ask you. I, I didn't realize that I actually typed it. I took it straight from my notes. I was just mindlessly <laughs> typing. <laughs> what was on the windowsill? It's like, is that an old sandwich? <laughs> I can't remember now. I don't have a visual of it in my mind, but I remember going, what is that? I know. I didn't. Like, so sad. Sad. <laughs> How poetic for our theory. <laughs> this moldy sandwich. <laughs> yeah, there's something, and it's like white. I don't know. There's just something on the windowsill, and they kind of focused on it. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> Oh, I'll take a screenshot of it and put it on the Facebook page and we'll, <laughs> we'll sit and wonder. Like the first thing I did think was, is that like last night's sandwich? <laughs> um, so yeah, we, I remember being kind of happy seeing that the room was empty and like the bed was made. I was like, sweet, she left. <laughs> <laughs> And he looked a little trancy when he walked into the bathroom. What is it with him in the bathroom? Although it could have been the sandwich <laughs> working at <its> mojo. <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, but next we see the outside of Pineview. The gates open and Norma pulls in. Inside there are two men playing chess. And we can see Norma outside through the window. Norma walks in and it's a beautiful place with classical music playing. A woman sitting at a desk asks Norma if she can help her. Norma asks if she can get some information about the facility. The woman at the desk says to wait a moment. Then we see Norma talking to another woman. She asks Norma what the diagnosis of the person Norma is inquiring about. Norma says it's a bit unclear. <laughs> she says one thing she is interested in is getting a full diagnosis. Norma says mental problems are complicated, but of course you would know that. <laughs> I just love Norma trying to kind of control this conversation with someone that she's obviously no no match for. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, the woman she is with asks who the referring doctor is. Norma says she just read about the place and drove out there herself, and the patient is her son. Norma asks if she can ask a few questions. The woman says yes. Norma says she hasn't made any decisions yet. I just love how Norma's like, I know you want them. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't even gone to a doctor. <laughs> I know. There's like no referring doctor, no diagnosis, but I still haven't decided. <laughs> it's a whole classic Norma. I know. <laughs> um. Yeah, she says she hasn't made any decisions yet. It's very hard to actually consider doing this. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> He's so far from even being accepted in this place, Norma. 
Um, she asked how often she could visit. The woman says they have very liberal visitation policies. Normus is good because they are very close. I think that was so sweet. That's the first thing she asked. I did too. Um, the woman says in almost all cases, it isn't a problem. Then Norma asks what it costs. And the woman says they deal directly with the insurance company. They have officer, officers that will handle that for her. Norma says, oh, insurance, of course. But what does this place cost today? <laughs> like, are we getting the idea they don't even have insurance? And Norma's, like, wondering if she could, like, swing it on her own. You know, I don't know. I would guess Norma has insurance, although she's, like, a business owner, so that's going to be tough. Right. You know, maybe she has Obamacare. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um here's my thing if I worked at that place and I was that lady and I was talking to Norma and virtually the first thing she asked is how much it'll cost and she seems concerned about how much I think I just I wouldn't hem and haw like she is right I'd be like it's about 50000 a month end up. Yeah. Just so you know. Because well, <laughs> if you're asking, you can't afford it. Exactly. It's one of those situations. If you're asking, you probably can't afford it. So. You might as well just tell her. Yeah. You don't have to say, oh, you can't afford it. Bye-bye. But you can just Speak not have an all like say it's anywhere between, you know, twenty and 40000 a month. Bye bye. You know, <laughs> twenty and forty thousand was just the therapies, right? That did not include the five hundred a night. <laughs> every night, five hundred every night. Right, right. So that's fifteen thousand. So, you know, we're talking, and Norman's going to have the upside of the care. Let's be honest. Yeah, he's in the forty thousand <laughs> range. We all know. <laughs> He's not just a little depressed or, you know. <laughs> Suicidal tendencies. <laughs> right. And not even just a, you know, run-of-the-mill schizophrenic. <laughs> just, you know, your everyday schizophrenic. <laughs> the woman says it depends on the condition of the patient and what they are being treated for. Norma says, oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean like ballpark. <laughs> The woman says there is no one answer. Norma says no range of cost. I mean, you were dressed very nicely to sell me, but you're not going to tell me how much it cost me. <laughs> this woman was probably like, who are you? <laughs> Lady, that's Norma Bates. <laughs> you just got Normid. Because <laughs> I would guess that most, they probably don't have a lot of walk-ins like this. Probably oh, no. very appointment, you know. <laughs> they know ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, and they've dealt with the doctor first, perhaps. Right. <laughs> Gotten the lowdown. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the woman says the minimum charge is 529 a night, and that is room and board only. Treatment costs are all on top of that for doctors' test therapies. For most patients, it ranges from about twenty to 40000 a month. She says the key is their insurance. Most can negotiate a discount. She says to really answer her question, they would have to get a doctor involved and a plan and treatment. So, bye-bye, Pineview. 
Yep. <laughs> it was a beautiful facility, though. It was lovely. I'd go crazy to live there. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to call my insurance company right now. See <laughs> Can I just go for like a month? <laughs> <laughs> I have a few mommy issues. <laughs> really tired I <laughs> know <laughs> mental illness is nothing to laugh at I know and we just except giggled all the way through that except we're watching Bates Motel so we have... we're, <laughs> we're not being real here <laughs> exactly <laughs> no one can get mad at us <laughs> We treat real-life mental illness very seriously. Yes, we do. All right. That was my disclaimer. Okay. <laughs> Next, we see Dylan parked on the side of the road. He's leaving a voicemail for Caleb. He says, What the hell, Caleb? You what? You thought it was a good idea to just leave without telling me? Like, maybe I wouldn't notice or something? Well, guess what? I noticed, so go to hell. Dylan hangs up and walks back to his truck. He did like a drunk call without being drunk. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. But good for you, Dylan. You, you tell him. Yep. Because I have a feeling that some crap is coming your way with Chick that Caleb caused. Yeah. For sure. Yep. I think they're going to play it that way. I think... If you ask me, they lulled people into a false sense of security to make them like Caleb, that he's a good guy, only to like, for next season, it's going to be bad. Yep, and I just can't believe how many of you guys fell for it. <laughs> I know, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I sure didn't. <laughs> Nope, Sue was pretty staunch in her hatred all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, I I was kind of half and half. I never, I never really liked him. I sympathized with him, but in a weird way, a little, a different way than I think most other people did. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sympathizing with him is different than liking him. Yeah, I never liked him. Yeah. Next, we see Emma in her room. We can hear her dad on the phone telling someone they could be there in 90 minutes. Emma's dad <laughs> says to the person on the phone, it's a chance. It's all he ever wanted. This is so not a funny part. I'm so glad I didn't do that in like a really serious scene. <laughs> Let's hope I didn't, because I don't proofread these. <laughs> Maybe I Time will tell. <laughs> he says, I understand, and we'll make sure she does, too. Emma walks in the room. He is in and sees him on the phone and sneaks by. <laughs> well, that scene got trapped. <laughs> I know. So. Basically, if you need a recap. Emma hears her dad on the phone <laughs> saying they'll be there in 90 minutes and she sneaks out. 
<laughs> oh man. Let's see, let's hope no more surprises. <laughs> okay. If you're confused while we're laughing, you'll know in the bloopers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have some fun, like cutting that one. You may just have to read it while we're done with this. It's <laughs> like a very serious. Oh. There's, like this obviously edited. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. Composed. Okay. Oh. So, what did you make of this conversation? Is he talking to, like, the nurse or doctor, and they're like, make sure she knows the risks involved? I think so, probably. Okay. Yeah. It's... It was just weird that he said, because the first time, the first time I watched, I was watching live on my iPad, and the connection was bad. It kept blanking out. I was so oh, mad. Oh, that's so frustrating. <laughs> it would blank out at the worst. It blanked out so much of the Normero scene. Oh. But anyway, it blanked out a little bit on this, and so I was led to believe that it, she, he was talking to Emma's mom. That's what I came up with. Um, oh. Because it sounded like he was arguing it, just the way I was able to hear it, it was almost like he was arguing with the person, like, it's a chance, it's all he's ever wanted, you know, and I'll make sure she does. Kind of like he's talking to the wife that's, like, nervous about it, even though she doesn't seem to be in the life at all. I just thought, oh, that's weird, Emma's mom, maybe. <laughs> gotcha. But upon rewatches, I'm like, oh, he must be talking to the doctor or something. Uh, I yeah, <laughs> he's probably just talking to, like, one of the doctors who's just probably just trying to be realistic. Look, this is great news, but, you know. Well, yeah, I fully believe here's that. Here's the was... risks, and make sure that she knows, you know. It was mostly because he's telling them that they can be there in 90 minutes. Like, you know, yes, mm -hmm. we can do this. We can do this, mm -hmm. you know. I can get her, you know, approval and whatever. Get her to consent. and Anyway, but I missed that part the first time. <laughs> so so next we see Bradley sitting in her car outside her mom's house cuts to Bradley inside looking at a drawer full of watches and jewelry she stuffs it all in a bag she, she buys a big wad of cash and throws that in the bag <laughs> then she's in the living room and picks up the picture of her and throws it into a china cabinet then she dumps a golf bag and then we see her with the golf club breaking a bunch of lamps and mirrors then she runs down the stairs with the bag and out the door so she just trashed her mom's house, which was a dumb scene. Really, really, really dumb scene. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. They got the money. But I, although I feel like I've explained that I think, I think that's going to come back. <laughs> yeah. It would and, be interesting if it does. You know, they're I think they're going to find the body. I think that's how season four is going to start. And all of that. I think all of that. I think the fingerprints, everything. Hmm. Interesting. Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure it will. So we'll have to see. 
It'll it'll save that scene a little bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> True. <laughs> or the scene was just for her to get some money, which she didn't have to. I guess she trashed all the stuff because she's angry. She's a spoiled brat. Yep. <laughs> uh, so next we see Dylan driving and his phone rings. It's Emma's dad, Will. So now we know his name. I think we knew that from season one, though. I just forgot. Yeah. Uh, Dylan asks what is going on. Will asks if he has heard from Emma. Dylan says no and asks what's the matter. Will says it's good news. They just heard a set of ones has become available, and they need to get to Portland as soon as possible. He says uh, Emma knows this but has left. Will thinks she is worried and scared and asks Dylan if he has any ideas where she might have gone. Dylan asks if he has checked the motel. Will says yes, and she's not there. Dylan says he will try and find her. Will says please. He is afraid if they miss this opportunity, they may not get another chance. So, not much. Not much to talk about. Yeah. Dylan just needs to go find Emma and kiss her. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, next, we see Emma looking out over some water. She is at Dylan's farm. He walks up to her and says hi. She says he is probably wondering why she is there. He says no, not so much. Her dad told him. He says she needs to get to Portland. Her dad is worried about her. Emma says she knows he is in a tough spot, but he tells her he needs to tell her it's the right thing to do because there's no sensible reason to say no to it. She just doesn't want to die. It's as simple as that. Dylan says isn't that the whole point of having the surgery? Emma says no, transplants are not a given. People reject organs every day. Lungs are especially tricky. You know, some person is brain dead on a ventilator and we're all acting like, oh great, just put those lungs into Emma. It doesn't work like that. What if I'm not a good match? They said you were a good match. That's more likely to happen than not. And I've wasted this poor dead person's lungs and whatever life I had here on earth, left here on earth. Dylan says, but people do have these surgeries and they survive and go on to extend their lives. Emma says that's true, but she doesn't want to spend the rest of her life being poked, prodded, analyzed, and evaluated always living with the constant threat that her body is going to start rejecting the lungs. She says at least this way she can just live in denial. Right now it's not imminent. It's not like she's up against this question every day. She just wants to have some control over her life and she walks off. Dylan runs after her and says, Emma, come on. Emma says no. She looks ridiculous when she cries. <laughs> that was cute. Yep. <laughs> he says she is the least ridiculous person he has ever known. She's wiser than most people, twice her age, and the bravest person he knows. Dylan says, you're a freaking warrior, and they kiss. When they stop kissing, they start laughing, Emma says. What were we talking about? I love that. That was a cute touch. It was. Dylan says, I have no idea. Dylan says she can always think of him as the guy who hit on her right before she had a lung transplant. <laughs> she says, are you hitting on me? <laughs> he says, if you don't know then I'm doing a pretty shitty job. She says, I guess I'm getting this dumb lung transplant, aren't I? <laughs> Dylan says, you have to. Emma says, don't pressure me or anything. And he says, but you do have to. And she says, I know. And they hug. Adorable. That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> Him calling her a freaking warrior was amazing. It was. I just love that. I did too. My cold Nomero heart. <laughs> Here's where I... Now, I've never been sour on Dilemma. Mm -hmm. But... 
ever since that Carlton Cuse question and answer thing where they did a poll with the fans and asked them what their favorite ship was, Dilemma won over Romero, Normero, and I've had a little burr in my saddle. <laughs> it's like some weird competition to you. <laughs> well, I Don't wonder. take it personally, Em. <laughs> it's not that. And I suppose it's all moot because they had already filmed it by the time they asked. <laughs> True. But I just thought my first, my like initial like fist waving in the air was, well, now they're going to concentrate on Dilemma instead of Normero. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> we shipped first. <laughs> Dylan and Emma, Dilemma did not even exist until like this season. Well... Who knows if it's ever going to get further than this kiss. There's the lung transplant that she may or may not survive. <laughs> right. There's Norman finding out. There's, what do we say? Maybe she gets in a car accident on the way home from the hospital. <laughs> I mean, you know, this this might be all we see of Dilemma. That's true. And Normero's going to be so rich and awesome and have such happy endings. <laughs> yeah, that's going to have a happy ending. <laughs> no, I, I'm i just kidding. But there, whenever I got annoyed when I saw it as a competition. <laughs> and they won it this episode. <laughs> I still think that where Norman Romero are right now is exactly where they should be. I do too. And I still don't... think that any kiss that would have happened, even in this scene, would have felt a little forced or a little... I just don't think they're there yet. I'm totally... You... We haven't talked and you haven't checked Twitter, but mm -hmm. I, I tweeted out what an awesome, I mean, I've been, I tweeted that whole night about, or maybe it was the next day. Yeah, it was yesterday. It was a good chunk of yesterday <laughs> where I really defended what they're doing and how awesome it is. Mm -hmm. I, I really did. It's, this is all just kind of that like devil part of me that gotcha. <laughs> like has this really quiet voice because <laughs> my my head and my heart love what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Love, love, 100%. Think it's the way. It's a slow burn. It's perfect. It's, ex like you said, it's exactly where it should be. And I'm totally satisfied. And I was totally satisfied when it ended about where they left it. And I was glad they didn't kiss and all of that. Mm -hmm. This is just that little niggling Normero part of me that is not rational. Well, it exists in here somewhere. Well, and you just don't see this very often while a whole nother season has gone by and it hasn't happened yet when we've kind of been expecting it for two seasons now, kind of, you know? Yeah. So. Oh, it's a slow there. burn. And I, I am a fan of the slow burn, but that doesn't mean it's not hard and it's not painful. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want it to happen now, now, now. Well, it just means that he gets to spend more time in your mama bear bed. <laughs> <laughs> He's someday going to not need me anymore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the little the little bird will leave its nest. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> It'll be ready. <laughs> so um so yeah, cute scene between Dilemma. Wasn't surprised. Yeah, I thought it was really cute. I really thought it was cute. I and thought they I did, did like good. that hooded sweater thing she was wearing. It was really pretty with mm-hmm. the stormy sky and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yep, normally I'm not a huge fan of those longer sweater thingies, but that was a, that was a good one. Yeah, I'm not either. People who own them love to wear them like every single day. So, next we see Bradley sitting on the floor of the motel room and the cash and jewelry is in front of her. We hear the lock turn and Norman walks in. She says she's been doing some math. <laughs> and I just hear that be a very ingrained in her math. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> 50,000 or 15,000 plus 15,000 equals 25,000? $20,000. <laughs> yes, it was very Mary and Crane math. <laughs> um, she has about 30000 in jewelry she can sell and about 15000 in cash. She says she broke into her mom's house and all this stuff was bought with her dad's drug money, so she thinks it's fair game. She says they should leave soon. She bought them some supplies for the road, like clothes and toothpaste. <laughs> sounded like so stupid. <laughs> two really weird things, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Norman says, yeah, okay. <laughs> Bradley, I mean, she bought clothes for him. He's got clothes. He can bring clothes. <laughs> I know. Maybe she meant clothes for me, toothpaste for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, uh, Bradley asks if he could be ready to leave that night, sneak out after his mother's asleep. Norman doesn't say anything. Bradley says, <laughs> Norman, please. You said yourself you're afraid of your mom that you want to leave she says he is an adult he can do what he wants and she says please come with me uh norman says he doesn't know if he can leave her bradley kisses him and says they can do this they have money now and toothpaste (laughs) (laughs) less money now that you bought toothpaste wow that was that toothpaste cost (laughs) they probably have it at the hotel <laughs> He's the manager. He can just grab a box. Um, <laughs> they have money now. We hear a car approach. Norman looks out the window and sees Norma pull up. Norman says it's his mom and he has to go. Bradley says she is leaving after dark and he knows where he can find her if he changes his mind. Uh, Norman leaves the motel room and sees Norma walking up the outside stairs and he follows her. Cuts to Norma walking into the house. And she stands there for a moment and looks at some literature from Pineview Place. Norman walks in and says, hi, Mom, where have you been? <laughs> I think this is the first time he's called her Mom. Hmm. Um, she tells him she was running some errands. She asks where he has been, and he sits down in the office. He says he ran up the stairs because he felt like it and kind of laughs. <laughs> he's, like, really bad at it. <laughs> like being sneaky. <laughs> I don't, uh... I don't know why he had to do that. 
I know. <laughs> it didn't make sense. <laughs> I but it was funny. Just like I don't know. Just trying to tell her everything's okay, even though she hasn't even asked if it, what's going. You know, I don't know. He was just not being covert at all. <laughs> exactly. He just had a secret and didn't know what to do with it, even though his mom. He doesn't. Could have not known there was one. <laughs> well, they don't keep secrets from each other. <laughs> right. Uh, Norma asks if he, she can talk to him for a minute, and she walks into the living room, and he follows. They sit on the couch, and Norma says she is worried about him. He says he knows. She says the blackouts are getting worse. Norman says yes, but they have it under control. (laughs) He doesn't go to school. He doesn't drive. And he's really mostly there. Norma says she knows, but she thinks he needs help that she can't give him. He asks what sort of help. You don't mean like James. (laughs) She, (laughs) She says no, that was stupid. That was grasping at straws. Norma Norma says she means real doctors. She says, I'm not always going to be in this world, Norman. You are going to outlive me, and I want you to be safe. Norma says there are things they can do, like therapy and medications. She says they've never looked into it. It's something she has always been very scared to do, but she is more scared not to. That's where Norma grew up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, she says these places can help us. Norman says places. Norma says it's not like that. It's not what he's thinking. They're not horrible. They're actually very pretty and very nice. He says you've been to one. She tells him that is where she was that day. They stare at each other a few seconds and Norman says, well, I'm glad we've had this talk of yours. I see where we stand. You're giving up on me. And he gets up. She says that's not true. It's exactly the opposite. I'm trying to help you. And Norman runs up the stairs. So my first question is, Bradley, when, am I missing something? When did Norman agree to go with her? I don't remember him ever agreeing. I don't either. I know she asked him or suggested it. And he told her that he, uh, his mother's worried about him. You know, he told her that there's problems. (laughs) Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the conversation they had that I right. so much it's like, so where are you going to go? I don't know. All right. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, he never agrees to. She's just being pushy, trying to like. I think so. Pretend that he said yes. I think so. Yeah. Last we knew, he they were making out and he <laughs> ran out. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> right. Carrying his belt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think she's just being assumptive and pushy. I guess so. Like, she can talk him into it. She's badly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, I like how Norma is like, when she's talking about the places, she's like, oh, they're not horrible. They're actually very pretty and very nice. It's like, Pineview was. <laughs> like, <laughs> the one you can afford normal as you think. <laughs> yeah. Just a bunch of white hallways with orderlies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and a nurse ratchet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Some state run. Yeah, probably not. Not at all like what you saw today. But it occurs to me when she said it that 
now she has the image of that. This fantasy. Yep. That that's what it will be like. So she is okay with it. Yeah, because she doesn't like to see the truth. Right. I I had pilot thoughts when Norman says, I'm glad we've had this talk of yours. I was reminded of their drive in the Mercedes to White Pine Bay. Oh, yeah. When he was like, like she was putting words in his mouth and he was like, I'm glad you're making me move here, you know? Right, right. We're... And that's back when they were kind of cute and playful. No. Mm-hmm. Although he had an edge to him because he did not want to move. <laughs> right. Right. And it did get kind of weird just a little while later because she sat on the car all girlfriendy. Mm-hmm. And then later that night, he lingered and watched her in the window in her bra. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it got really weird. <laughs> it's not weird. <laughs> That is weird. <laughs> yeah, okay. I have pilot thoughts again later. Oh, cool. Uh, oh, there's a there was a few pilot callbacks. That might have been one of them. Okay. Next we see a bunch of DEA agents getting guns ready and Romero is watching them. Scene. <laughs> it happened, so I put it in. <laughs> I think he's still formulating his plan. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Next, we see Norma closing up the motel office. She stands there and stares at the motel, the Bates Motel sign, and a truck pulls up, and it's Romero. He gets out of the truck, and they stare at each other. He says he's not there to apologize. He did what he felt was right, the right thing, and he stands by that. She thanks him for coming by and telling her that. He walks up to her and says he's sorry he couldn't protect her. He would change it if he could, but he can't. It's in motion, and he wishes it was different. She says, it's not your fault, Alex. It's bigger than us. It's my fault anyway. I tried to hide it, and now it's coming out, and there's too much to shove away. Growing up, growing up. I'm not going to lie. I'm so scared. He's my son, and he's broken, and he's the dearest boy that ever lived. <laughs> so normal. <laughs> I know. It's like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I just can't bear it if Bob Paris has him investigated. If they take him away, if they put him in prison just for defending me, it, it will kill me. You know, in some way, I don't even care anymore. Maybe fate wins here. She kind of shrugs and says, we're all doomed in the end, right? He says, maybe, probably. Norma walks up to him and says she is going to go to the house and thanks him for stopping by. And she walks off. She killed it in that scene. Oh, man. She killed it yeah it's just well and here she was probably like the most honest with him than she's been since she in what the season one ending when she or close to the ending when she tells him the whole story about Keith Summers and Shelby and everything I mean there was there was some real honesty there about how scared she is and you know yeah, like stepping away and having some reflection time. <laughs> she really, you know, pulled it together and said some awesome things. Yeah. Truth and, you know, facing truth. Facing truth, she doesn't like to. And she did it in front of Nomero. 
Romero. <laughs> she did it in front of Romero, and she, yeah, she lays it out, and it's sweet, and mm -hmm. there was intimacy there, and trust. Trust was back. Trust was back. But she wasn't ready to invite him in. <laughs> Which, it watching, having her say that to him and seeing his face and watching her go was tough. Although he didn't have time to stop in and have some coffee with her. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, she had to walk away at that point. She... She said what she said. She's not laying the blame on him like she had before. You know, she's admitting, you know, it's bigger than us. This isn't your fault. This isn't my fault. Or it's more my fault than yours, basically, yeah. you know. And, I mean, that's – in that kind of moment and when you're confessing that kind of honesty, you really got to just walk away from it for a little while. You don't want to, like, let's go in and talk some more. Let's hash this out some more, you know. Nope. <laughs> no, she was, she was, you know, that phrase, she was kind of an island there. Mm -hmm. And he, he didn't have a place there at the moment. It's like she needs to still, she came to those conclusions, but she, it's, it's just not, there has to be, another incident and I think it already happened that is going to pull them <laughs> right finally together right um, right because now Bob's out of the picture and so that's not going to be you know I don't know how it'll shake down but I know that she'll recognize it as a loving gesture to her and she's going to appreciate the crap out of it and right trust him I mean that'll that'll seal the trust the trust that is so hard won in Norma and um, that's you know when I talk about building blocks that need to happen for them to be truly seriously awesome together mm -hmm. this was one of them he's he's been trying to gain her trust forever and you know we discussed last time was it last time he's the one that effed up and he, I think he did. And I think he knows that. Mm -hmm. And so now he's kind of making right what he did. Although. Right. Uh, I think this is the best possible outcome. He he got to do that and expose the town and whatever. And then he got to kill Bob. So I'm sure that was satisfying. Yeah. Basically, some major building blocks happened. And... That was a great scene, and if they had an hour and a half long episode, they might have been able to squeeze in a decent enough time for them to kiss for me. Right. But alas, it wasn't, and we're just going to have to have a build-up again next week, and won't that be fun, you guys? Not next week. I wish it was next week. <laughs> next <laughs> <Like> year. <laughs> and won't that be fun, everyone? I think it it's will be. be awesome. And Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally cool with where they're at, and I really liked how at first I thought this scene was going to go a whole different way when he's like, I'm not here to apologize, and she's like, well, thanks for coming by and telling me that. 
Yeah, you know, I, I was, was like, like, no, oh, my no, heart can't do it. Don't do this again, you know. It, last time. Was <laughs> <too much. laughs> so I really liked how she softened and, you know. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. It was it was really awesome. It was. What a scene. Great scene. Um, You ready to move on? Yep. Okay. So next we see a bunch of cop cars driving with their lights on. Romero is one of them. He calls Bob and tells him he better get some shit in a bag and leave because the DEA is on their way to arrest him. Bob says nothing. Romero says, I'm assuming you're still there. <laughs> Bob <laughs> says, I'm here. Romero tells him he has less than 10 minutes. Bob asks why he is telling him this. Romero says because him getting arrested is not in his best interest, and Romero hangs up. We see all the cop cars pull up to Bob's house, and they smash through his door, and the house is empty. Oh, they smashed that beautiful big window. I know. I felt big, like they didn't have to do that. The big glass door. <laughs> yeah. But I guess they did. Um, so why was that agent so sure he'd be there? She just was like, what? I don't know. Um, Maybe they were tracking him. I'm guessing oh. that she's probably had people watching him and has been checking on him all day. And he looked settled for the night. Yeah, yeah, because... <laughs> he's got all those windows. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's pretty exposed. Because <laughs> um, she does, you know, they make a point. You hear her in that scene where Romero's just watching him and she's giving orders and stuff. And at the very end, she does say, we have spent so much money on this. We cannot mess this up. So I'm guessing she's probably had people, like, watching him from that moment on or even earlier. Yeah, and he must have just snuck right out from under their noses. Yep. So. Bob would do that. Bob is a sneaky guy. I would guess. He could pull that off. He lives in the woods. There's probably a little secret way out that he, you know. Well, he had a... He had a bag ready with fake passports and money and anything he needed that he could get ready and be gone in 10 minutes. So he's had an escape route planned for years. <laughs> he's known that this day could possibly come. Well, I was going to ask you about that. So, okay, so he's got 10 minutes. So he leaves in that 10 minutes. They all show up and Romero's there because he's watching... He hears the DEA go, what do you mean all clear? How can it be all right. clear? So then he ends up on the boat before Bob? I, don't, I didn't notice he was before Bob. Yeah, because Bob gets on the boat and Romero like opens oh. that door and says, hey, Bob. <laughs> so I'm thinking Bob had to go somewhere to get the passports and money. Oh, like a safety deposit Something box. like that. Oh, that makes more sense than hiding in his house. I like that. Yeah, because yeah, cause Romero showed up on the boat first, and there's just no way. If Bob went straight from the house to the boat, no way could Romero show up there first. That's just a little detail I didn't notice in the three times I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. For all I knew, Bob could have been on the boat for an hour, you know, checking Riggings and things. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> no, Romero was definitely on the boat first. Right. And yeah, he was definitely at the house. Right. So. I am happy 
with the explanation that he had his escape route, you know, bag <laughs> in a safety deposit box and he had to go grab it. Something like that. He had it somewhere, maybe at the Arcadian Club or, so, I don't know, somewhere. Yeah, because what are the odds that he knows he has to leave that he'd be at his house? Because oftentimes he could be out and the, you know, people to bust him would be already at his house. And then right. what would he do? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, smart thinking, Bob. Bob's a smart thinking. Very good. Yep. R.I.P. Bob. What? R.I.P. Bob. R.I.P. <laughs> this is a Bob Paris Memorial podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Bradley one. She. No, she doesn't deserve a memorial podcast. Norma's Mercedes <laughs> deserves one before Bradley does. Hadn't got one. <laughs> people that <laughs> haven't been following us this whole time they have no idea that they started because our mom had one first <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> that's how we roll <laughs> um, next we see Bob running down some stairs at the dock he gets on a boat, and Batman Romero is already there, and says, Hello, Bob. <laughs> Bob says, Alex, you scared the living hell out of me. Bob moves his hand toward his waist, and Romero says, I'll put three bullets in you before you get your hands on that pistol. You trust it when Batman Romero says that, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> when Batman Romero says that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Romero tells him to reach for it with two fingers only, and get it out of his pocket. Romero says, if he sees... <laughs> <laughs> Romero in pockets <laughs> will ever not make me giggle now. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. <laughs> Romero says, if he sees any other fingers uncurl, he'll shoot him. Bob hands over the pistol. Romero asks Bob what he what he has run money and fake passports? Bob says, pretty much. Bob asks Romero how he knew about this place. Romero says, a few years ago, he was in a diner with someone named Rick, shooting the shit. <laughs> and Rick told him he sold Bob his fishing boat. It was one of those moments you kind of reflect on your life, because he's always loved fishing, but could never afford a boat like that on a share of salary. Romero says he found himself wondering why he was the only guy not benefiting from all the money floating around that town. Bob says, coming with me? <laughs> As in, like... <laughs> yep. You want to uh, come along? <laughs> <laughs> share my wealth. <laughs> no, I, like, uh... I expected him to offer him money <laughs> instead of coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> Romero says, no, that's not how it's going to go. <laughs> then he breaks out into a story. <laughs> this is how, how it's going to go. <laughs> That's how the story goes. <laughs> Bob says he thought Romero was going to let him leave town. He says the moment he walks off the dock, he is a new person with a new name, and he has no reason to ever tell anyone about his former life, especially about that wacko Norma Bates and her kid. 
<laughs> Romero says, the truth is you're not reliable. You can change your name, but you can't change who you are. Bob says, I guess none of us can change who we are. We can pretend to be someone else who is doing things for the right reason. Romero says, whatever the words are that are coming out of your mouth, Bob, you still killed those two girls. Bob says, tell yourself whatever you need to, Alex. We both know why you're doing this, and it isn't about those girls. You know, right now, you are more like your dad than you ever have been. I don't think his dad killed people for his wife. <laughs> Probably but. not. Probably killed people, but not for his wife. Yep, but, you know, what he says next. This is about you and what you want. How does that feel? To have spent your whole life trying to get away from someone you hate, only to turn into them. Romero shoots Bob three or four times. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Interesting, Romero. I, you know, in a way, Bob is right, I guess. That turning into his father, you know, not for love, but for getting what he wants. I guess so. I was I was just a little confused as to how Romero... I mean, I, I guess we just don't know enough about his dad, except he is a selfish guy, I guess. And that's just what Bob means? Yeah, I'm thinking... Okay, here's how I think it looks from Bob's eyes. You know, take it how you think it really went, or whatever. Like, Romero's been all this high and mighty sheriff doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and his dad did the wrong thing. And now Romero is turning into his dad and you know, he's been, like, smug that he hasn't for so long. It was just, it was Bob's last parting shot. But oh, yeah. it's interesting that Romero shoots him right after he says it. Yeah, I mean, I think that was just the last straw, you know. Or was it, shut up, that's not the truth. It's really the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I think everyone knows that I feel like killing Bob for uh, Norma is totally honorable. It's, you know, it's white knight stuff to me. Oh, so. sure. Sure, because I, mean, I was kind of surprised Bob was like, I'll be a new man. I'll change my name. I won't tell anyone. That that seemed kind of like he pussed out for a minute there. <laughs> you know? I think he knew he was facing death in the face. I, I think he knew the second he saw <laughs> Romero on his boat that he wasn't going to live. But, yeah, I don't know. Bob just didn't come across to me as, like, the begging type or the pleading type. More like the, I don't know, I accept it type guy. The one that will, uh, yeah, and, and will uh, badger him to kill him. <laughs> well, right. You can kill me, I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah, I mean, I do agree with, was it Iggy? Someone in the comic card said that it really kind of was an underwhelming scene to me between the two of them. Yeah, I don't agree. I mean, I... I thought it was great. But I can see why people don't, but... It just seemed so much like him killing that guy in room number nine. Abernathy. Abernathy. It just seemed really reminiscent of light, of that. Not in my town. 
I mean, I was really, I mean, I knew Romero was going to kill Bob. I was really hoping to see it like at Bob's house or something. And that he'd leave a note for the DEA. (laughs) (laughs) Officially withdraw. (laughs) Or something. I don't know. I mean, it was a good scene. I'm not saying it was a bad scene. I just, I don't know. I saw it going down differently. I pictured the pit being involved. The pit. So. It was still, it was still good and it was still brazen and it was still all for Norma. Yeah. So, Emily's happy. (laughs) He still has to do something with the body. He's not going to just throw it in the water, is he? Well, maybe we'll get your pit. Next season. Yeah. Yeah, that'll that'll be interesting how he um I mean Abernathy was one DA. thing, you know. He wasn't a citizen of White Pine Bay, you know. Yeah, and he seemed to kinda of live off the grid quite a bit. Right, right. <laughs> did I say grid? <laughs> I don't know, did I type it that way? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it'll be interesting. Maybe we will never know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, so next we see Norma walking up the stairs inside the Bates house. She listens for a second at Norma's door and then opens opens it and asks what's going on. He sits on his bed real quick and says nothing. <laughs> he was just having Norman time. Um, I know. That's my notes. <laughs> I said, how many times has Norma burst into Norman's room and that's what he's doing? Does he hastily hides what it is? <laughs> Um, he sits on his bed real quick and says nothing and she sees him try and hide a suitcase under his bed with his foot she asks what he is doing he says I'm leaving and he grabs the suitcase puts it on the bed and starts packing it she says you're leaving where are you going all by yourself he says why do you assume that it's all by myself she says where are you going who are you going with he says please stop talking to me like I'm insane and he packs more stuff into his suitcase. She tells him to calm down. He says, get the mental institution on the phone. Maybe they can come early. <laughs> zing. <laughs> that was a good zing, Norman. Yep. Um, he says it may be hard for her to believe, but he doesn't need her. And he thinks they have been horrible for each other. <laughs> I love you, yes, and I will always love you, but... If I become too much of a burden for you, I just don't think we're good together. I don't think it's healthy, and I think it would be best if we separate. Norma says, okay, then, we will separate, but you don't have to leave. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Norman knows what separate means. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't. (laughs) He yells, just... Stop talking to me like that, okay? There is someone, this physical human being, that is waiting for me, and we are leaving together. Norman says Norman, and he yells, just stop patronizing me. You're awful. (laughs) (laughs) And he grabs his suitcase and walks out and starts walking down the stairs and says, I'm leaving with Bradley. Norma walks to the top of the stairs and says, who is Bradley? What are you talking about? Norman is about halfway down and turns around and says, mother, there really is something wrong with you. We've talked about it. Bradley Martin, remember outside the motel? Or are you just trying to drive me even more insane? Norma starts walking down the stairs and says, Norman, Bradley Martin is dead. She committed suicide. Norman says, then how do you think she's in the motel? She can't be dead. You knew she was there. You can't deny that. 
he starts to turn around and she grabs a suitcase and they struggle and he ends up pushing her down the stairs. He runs down and grabs the suitcase and runs for the door. Norma gets up and hits him on the back of the head with the big metal doorstop thing and knocks him out. She drags him down mm. to the basement and ties his hands and feet together and he wakes up. She runs up the stairs and locks the door and grabs her phone and calls Dylan. Now, did you... They took a minute for her to leave that voicemail. Did you think she was calling Romero? I did. No, I didn't even think of it. It takes... She grabs the phone and she dials it and she's listening to, you know, a voicemail, I guess. And then she goes, Dylan, you know. And I was like, is it going to be Romero or Dylan? Oh, you know, probably because I was watching it with the starts and stops, and so I probably missed that moment and just knew she was talking to Dylan. (laughs) Stupid first time watching. (laughs) Um, She calls Dylan and leaves a voicemail, telling him to come home as fast as he can, because Norman has lost his mind, and she is scared of him and needs his help. Cuts to Norman lying there awake in the basement. So, So in this scene... He remembers having a conversation with her then. Yeah, this is a weird thing. Um, I Well, first off, I want to say that upstairs in the bedroom is one of the best acting moments I've seen Freddie Highmore do. This he was fantastic, was yes. Fantastic. I loved him in this scene. It was awesome. I, I really... And starting to enjoy um, him. Just, I don't know, his like frantic packing was great. It reminded me of like putting the fence up, and mm-hmm. he's just had a few of these just totally intense moments and <laughs> that are just a little normal like um, mm-hmm. in their freak out, you know, decibel level. <laughs> and it was great. He did it so awesome. Um, did you ask me something? <laughs> it's getting late. <laughs> I know. Um, well, he he remembers his conversation with Head Norma. Right. Yeah, this is interesting because a few episodes ago he was hiding the dress. Right. And knowing that if she appears in this dress, it's not the right Norma. So he was telling them apart, and in that scene, she was wearing the dress. Right. The scene that he remembers talking to her and confusing her with the real Norma. So I'm sure that's not, you know, I'm sure, that was, uh, what's the word? That was on purpose, that he's starting to get confused. Okay. And thinking that he was actually talking to her. And I I think that's, um, I think it was great that they had those before scenes where he was able to distinguish. And I think it's great that now he can't, that it's starting to meld together. I think that's going to be essential to getting him to be full on Norman. Right, right. And we're still going to have the transition where he, when he talks to mother, he's going to have to start wearing her clothes. (laughs) And be normal. I know it's so gonna be so great. Okay. Freddie Highmore in a blonde wig and a dress. I'm just counting the hours. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait. That is. Uh, I hope it's that blue dress. <laughs> I know. 
so one of my other callbacks to the pilot just got your notes just shattered it for me. I thought she hit him with the iron, that antique iron. It looked like it. Well, I thought we had established, I thought we thought it was an antique iron, but then found out later that it was a a doorstop. Oh, so it was the same thing? I think so. He... I think it's the same thing that he hit Keith Summers with. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. So I, I do think it's the same back. thing, but I think you and I thought it was an iron. But it's a doorstop. But I think one of our <laughs> listeners said something about a doorstop, and we both went, oh, it was a doorstop. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have any recollection of that. <laughs> or we had heard it in an interview, or somehow we found out. That's that's my recollection. That, hmm. But I, I do believe it's the same thing that he hit Keith Summers with. Okay, well, good. Then that's another pilot callback. Yep. So I just, again, I just find it really interesting that she's, she calls Dylan, she's like terrified of him because she thinks that he thinks that Bradley is alive. And I just find that pretty interesting. Yeah, and you know, and to be fair, he's saying it in the middle midst of this nonsense that he told her, and she's like, "Yeah, you didn't." Right. <laughs> so right. he's, you know, come up with that. So why didn't he come up with Bradley too? Because Bradley's dead. Right. So yeah, perfectly. Just absolutely. Like my yes, son that's... has gone crazy. He thinks that he's right. seeing, you know, his little girlfriend that committed suicide last year. You know. Mm-hmm. So. <sighs> okay. So next we see Norma look out the living room window and then run to the front door and Dylan walks in. Norma tells Dylan that Norman is out of his mind. She just mentioned the mental institution and he went crazy and said he was leaving and she had to stop him. She knocked him out and knocked him and... <laughs> That was me, not you. She knocked him out and locked him in the basement. Dylan grabs the keys and opens the door to the basement. He stands at the top of the stairs and says, Norman? And this is like classic horror movie stuff. Totally. The Dylan, you know, you just felt that vibe the second he started going down the stairs and said, Norman, you're like, I know. I was Dylan's like, dead, uh, Dylan's, Dylan's dead. Dylan's going to die. Dylan's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> he walks down the stairs, but Norman isn't there. But the things Norma tied him up with are on the floor. Classic movie stuff. Yep. Dylan walks around and calls for Norman again and then goes to the stairs and tells Norma that he isn't down there. Norma comes down the stairs and notices the basement window is open and says, he got out. Dylan asks where Norman said he was going. She says, he's insane, Dylan. He said he was leaving with Bradley Martin. She's dead. She completely. He's completely lost touch with reality. What do we do? Dylan says Norma Dylan tells Norma that Bradley isn't dead. She says, What are you talking about? Dylan says it didn't really happen. Dylan tells her Bradley was in trouble and faked her suicide and he drove her drove her, her Oh jeez. <laughs> to the bus station. Norma says So Norman could actually be running away with her? Dylan says, Yes, it's possible. But it's also true that he sees shit that isn't really there. <laughs> Possibly the best line of the day. I know. <laughs> it's possible, but it's also true that you see shit that isn't really. <laughs> it's like she's alive. I don't. I can't confirm she's in White Pine Bay. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, <laughs> he does have 
this problem. <laughs> Norma says they've got to go find him, and they both run up the stairs. So, so yeah, I, I really think that this whole conversation with Dylan, where she finds out Bradley is alive, I think it really is going to cause Norma to be like, oh, well, Norman's not as bad as I thought. You know, la, la, la. You know, I don't know. Yeah, and... Um, I think she's going to go easy on the, we need to get him some help. I could see that. And he... Oh, I don't want to talk about it yet, but that end scene with he and his little fake mom was like the sweetest thing I've ever seen in my life. I know. <laughs> it was almost like they're just going to be happy together and he's going to be like content. <laughs> so he's going to have a cool down period. It just seems like there has to, the season has to start out with a cool down period. And so we're just like trying to come up with how that's going to be. Right. Because it has to be cool, and then it needs to ramp up. Did you um, recognize that window in the basement is the window that that kid, remember, and is it Psycho 2 or 3? 2, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally did. <laughs> they went down there to that growth. Yeah. Here, I know the best place to make out. <laughs> it's in this creepy house on this dirty mat. <laughs> Because <laughs> we're not surrounded by this beautiful country <laughs> with a lot of pri- places with a lot of privacy. We have to sneak into this <laughs> basement of this creepy house <laughs> and make out on this dirty, dirty bedroll. More <laughs> uh, on that in our review of Psycho 2. <laughs> <laughs> Available on iTunes. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So next we see Norman standing on a road and Bradley pulls up. He gets in her car and thanks her for coming back for him. So apparently they have cell phones. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Well, he does and she has a lot of money. So she probably got That's one of the things she got for their trip. Toothpaste, clothes, and a cell phone. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) She says she is really glad he is going with her. He asks where they should go, and she says they should just see how long the car lasts, and they drive off. Um, a month later, they're in Seattle. (laughs) 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 They drive for a little while, and Bradley says it's the right thing to do. She has a good feeling, and she is proud of him for leaving his mom. They pass a sign that says... Now leaving White Pine Bay. And Norman looks behind him and head Norma is in the back seat and says, I have to talk to Bradley. Norman says, no, you need to leave. Bradley says, what? <laughs> head Norma says, I'm not leaving until I talk to Bradley. Norman says, and then you'll go. And head Norma says, sure. Norman looks over at Bradley and says, mother would like to talk to you. Oh, isn't that creepy? Okay, so Mike, right now. Well, first thing, if I was Bradley, I would have lost my... (laughs) Totally! (laughs) I would have died. I I can't imagine how creeped out I'd be. And two, do you think the Norma stuff was actually being said by Norman, or was it silence and then he'd answer the silence? Oh, I never thought of that. What's creepier? (laughs) 
Oh man. Uh, Was that another question for Carrie? Oh, that just gave me the creeps. <laughs> I think what's creepier is the silence and then his answers. I don't know. Are you going to ask her? Yeah, ask her. That's a good question. Um, okay, so he looks over at Bradley and says, Mother would like to talk to you. Bradley says, what are you talking about? Norm says, pull over, and he grabs the steering wheel. They stop, and he says... Did you really think you'd be able to lure Norman away from me with that hot little sex kit routine of yours? <laughs> I would have, uh, the best thing in the world they could have done is have Freddie Highmore say, over sex. Who the hell just ruined that enough? <laughs> so, you know, oversexed. Well, right here, he is saying, like, Norma's lines. So maybe he was saying them out loud. We just Unless saw he's like, them as progressing over the last couple seconds you know I don't know um Bradley says what are you talking about Norman says don't Bradley don't try to play me for a fool I practically invented this routine Norman gets out of the car and then we see head Norma walk to Bradley's door and drag her out of the car and that freaked me out oh my god when it when he turned into Norma and just the way she ran oh it just freaks me out it, it, it was scary. It was. It was. It was scary. Um. Yeah. So Head Norma walks to Bradley's car and drags her out of the car. Bradley yells Norman and starts running. And Head Norma yells, "Shut up, you dumb bitch!" and chases her. Bradley <laughs> falls and Head Norma gets on top of her and slams her head against a rock several times and says, basically, while she's slamming, she's like, "No one will ever come between me and my son." Then she stops, and the camera pans up, and it's Norman, and he says, Mother, what have you done? Then he says, Mother, and yells, What have you done? And that's a callback to Psycho, right? Isn't that what he says when he sees Marion Crane dead on the floor in the bathroom? Yeah, he. I think he says, like, Oh, Mother, oh, God, Mother, the blood, blood. Right? Yeah. And I think he says, What have you done? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, yeah, that was a creepy scene. The whole thing was really, that was really so awesome. scary. Oh, I just love the way they did it. Oh, yeah. Um, when my first watch, when, when I saw Norman get out of the car and then head Norma run around it, I, I like, jumped in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, reminiscent of all the times Norma's pulled Norman out of the totally. car. Totally. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't remember now. I listened to the Carrie Aaron and then I read a Carlton Cuse. They both talked about the some of the choices they made in the finale. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember which one said it now. I feel like it was Carrie Aaron said that... No, actually now I'm thinking it was Carlton Cuse. One of them said they made the choice mostly to have it be actually Vera Farmiga doing the killing because they want to keep still a small semblance of innocence for the actual Norman character. Mm-hmm. So he keeps a little more, um, not pity, but sympathy. Like empathy. Be or... a little, yeah, be a little more sympathetic to the audience still by having us not actually witness him doing the actual killing. So I thought that was interesting. I think it's an interesting choice. I, I would prefer i know people were saying that they'd really like to see 
Norman actually kill someone, but I don't know. I prefer seeing head Norma do it because that is true to the psycho movie. Yeah, I thought it was uh, artistic. I thought it was a better artistic choice. Right. I just thought it was beautiful what they did. The cutting back and forth, that, that was awesome. Well, and it if he remembers this, it's going to be like a weird secret he has with his mom that she doesn't know they have, which will add some weirdness, you know? Yeah, without him, but, like, feeling bad that he did it, you know? Yeah, which is, you know, what... I think I brought up the question that, you know, when... At the end of the last season, when she confesses that she's the one that killed Miss mm-hmm. Watson, does he remember that conversation? That, you know, and it's like, no, he must not... I don't think he has, but I think he's progressed at this point... I yes. think he'll remember this conversation. I do too. He's not going to remember that he's the one that killed Bradley. I don't think he'll ever, ever remember that. But I th- but, think yeah. he will remember that Norma did it. And he's going to think that she did. And it's, yeah, it's going to cause, I, I really am looking forward to, I really think the mother-son relationship is going to be really weird next year. It's going to be super weird because especially the end of last episode and this whole episode, it's like this Norma in his head is the mother he's now accepting. Right. And being comforted by. And so what's what's his relationship? How is he going to look at the other Norma as some, you know, right now he's a little confused that she's the same person. But I think there's going to be, a, and you know, this is what I've talked about for a little while now. She's going to, now, real Norma's going to be an imposter that he's going to have to get rid of. Right. And I think that's how it's going to progress. What's going to be a really cool scene is when she, like, changes the sheets and finds that blue dress and real Norma puts it on. (laughs) She's like, oh, I've been looking for that. Yeah, it's like, oh, I must have gotten messed up in his sheets when I did the laundry. (laughs) You know, like, you find that occasional sock in your sheets. <laughs> Wasn't there a time on the podcast when Rob found a sock in his shirt and he had to show it? Yes. yes. <laughs> She'll find that dress and her marriage will just go. <laughs> oh, totally will. Because it wouldn't be creepy to see your dress <laughs> mattress of your teenage. Like, Most teenage sons just put porn on yeah, their I was going to say, instead of a pile of Playboys, which would be totally normal. There's like her dress. Her dress. <laughs> it's not weird. It's not weird. <laughs> but that would be really cool if that happens. If, she, if real Norma ends up wearing that dress, he'll have no idea what's going on. <laughs> It'd be a lot of fun. Do you think he um, kept the money in the jewelry? Or do you think that's in the trunk with her? Yeah, I don't know. That crossed my mind. That he might have a little stash now. But it seems more plausible that he just left it. Right, because, I mean, it, they just don't seem interested in money and stuff. Nah. So, but I was like, that's pretty convenient. That's almost the exact same amount that Dylan basically uh, owes Chick. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> but that would be interesting if they do discover the car and Bradley's body is in there with the stolen jewelry because she would recognize the watches and stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Okay. Cool. And they'll be like, what happened here? And Romero would be like, shh. <laughs> Here's what happened. <laughs> um, so next we see Norman drive Bradley's car up to the dock he opens the trunk and dead Bradley is in there it was creepy her eyes were open and mm-hmm. stuff mm. he says I'm sorry Bradley I'm so sorry she did this to you then he closes the trunk and pushes the car into the water and it sinks I was wondering if they were going to have the, like, bubble up again, like they do in Right, right. They didn't. didn't. The camera pans back to Norman. Head Norma is standing behind him. She says, Norman, she was a mess. I did her a favor. The poor girl was on a death wish. And more importantly, she was going to take you away from me. That was the plan. I could never let that happen. You would have died out there in the world. I would have died. We belong together. There's a cord between our hearts, remember? Callback. Yep. Um, so that was the last callback. Just quickly, she was wearing a full coat and a scarf even covering her throat. And we've seen her very sexy. I just wonder if you think that means anything. She just seemed really, really <laughs> matronly and not a hint of sexual... <laughs> energy coming off of her in that scene. Oh, you know, I didn't I didn't pick up on that. Out of the contrast. Anyway. Norman looks at her and they hug. Head Norma says, I will take care of all of this. No one will ever know. It will be our secret. But you can never tell anyone, okay? You promise? Norman says, I do. She rests her head on Norman's shoulder and says, we will always be together. Won't that be nice? He says, yes, mother. Yes, it will. The camera pans out and we see Norman standing there alone and Be My Baby begins to play. Oh. I gotta tell ya. Their song choice <laughs> killed me. Yeah. Personally. <laughs> that is a song that's like been really special to me. Um, it was it was a song that you know Rob and I made when we got married we made an epic three disc um wedding CD mm-hmm. where we both chose we did like an Emily song a Rob song an Emily song a Rob song for three discs and those are still you know one of our favorite you know we listen both of us still listen to those wedding CDs mm-hmm. and that was one of my choices and then it turned into Eleanor's song she's got about three that I sing to her mm-hmm. and that song by the Ronettes is is one of them, oh. and holy crap, I about I ball I've bawled at this scene <laughs> hard three times. Oh. <laughs> and I, I, Eleanor is you know she's very close to my heart, and right. you know she's she's disabled, and she's my baby, and I call her you know we call her the baby. She's the baby. And not just because she's the youngest, she's, you know, she's five, and she's just very baby-like still. Yep. And yep. 
anyway, so I'm always calling her my baby or my baby, and sometimes it breaks out into that song. And, you know, both girls know that song well. We play it. It's in my iTunes. And oh, it was a great song choice. Picking the perfect song is one of my a very well-respected art for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I try with the podcast, and sometimes I feel like I did pick the perfect song. Sometimes it's a little harder to even pick a song, and so I'll just be like, oh, this one will work. But sometimes there will be that perfect moment where you've just captured the perfect song. And that's just, like, the best feeling in the world. Mm -hmm. It's just a great art, and I recognize it with stuff like this. And so this just killed me. Oh. And, oh, it makes me ball. And I'm glad I'm keeping it together right now. I'm like, am I going to cry? I know. I'm like, I'm kind of detecting a little (laughs) choke. (laughs) I'm good. But, yeah, that if they wanted to, like really hit me in the deep, 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 deep fills. They did it. Oh, that pan out with him just kind of leaning into, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And that Standing song. There alone. Whew. Yeah. Def- yeah, it definitely. So cute. It is. And again, I mean, just not even five minutes earlier, he viciously murdered her but yet then we see that and we're like oh we love him so much (laughs) he's norman bates you (laughs) you like norman bates Mm -hmm. you know we have discussed this from reviewing psycho and we've discussed it first season you like norman he's likable he is a very likable guy yep we've been saying that for three seasons and through the movies he's he is a he is mama bear worthy and he is he is i mean you just yeah you just can't help but like him because he is when he's not in one of his weird moods with mom and you know mother and trying to be weird he really is just a sweet nice guy you know He's the sweetest boy in the world. Yeah. <laughs> He's the dearest, the dearest boy. boy the, he really kind of is. He really kind he of is. He loves his I mean, mother, you, you know. I mean, yeah. and, and yeah, he, you just like him. And one thing I've always liked about Norman is how much he's tormented by these blackouts and stuff. I mean, yeah, so many he's... people with mental disabilities like that don't recognize it. Exactly, and he's been. They think everyone else fighting is the her. crazy one, and that they're the normal one, you know. Yeah, which is interesting because he's been fighting her that there's something something wrong with him, and she's been. She's been discrediting it now. Right. That she's saying, "Okay, yes, there's something wrong with you. I want to put you in a home." <laughs> he's like feeling extremely betrayed. Well, that would be pretty alarming. It goes from just a couple episodes ago, she's like, you're not crazy, you know. So you look at my breasts now and then. I know. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's always <laughs> been like, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. Let's just take you out of school. I'm going to make you the manager. You know, she's just been dismissing it all along, where he's always been the one that's gone to her and said, something's wrong, you know. And then for her to, like, jump from nothing's wrong with you that we can't handle to we might have to put you away somewhere, that's a pretty big leap. 
you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'd be terrifying to be like, I have to live somewhere else, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you kind of don't blame them for freaking out like you did. That would freak anyone out, I would think. If yeah. there hadn't been yeah, little didn't... baby steps taken before. There was no, I mean, yeah, she had that boring professor talk to him, but, you know. Well, she she handled it in a normal fashion. She did. It was not the right way, yeah. but she often makes the wrong choice. <laughs> I was pleased that the season three ended almost with Yes Mother. I may or not have made a screenshot with that with the subtitles and then making that the picture of the spot. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> when he added that, yes, it will. I was like, no, I know. I, I, just I did the same thing. <laughs> I did the exact same thing. <laughs> Stop talking, Norman. <laughs> <laughs> it ended with yes, mother. Let's leave it at that. Yes. And although I had 0% chance that it had anything to do with us, I still liked it a lot. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. What an awesome finale. It was. I'm very satisfied with the finale because I'm cool it didn't leave on a cliffhanger, you know. Yeah, this show. I love the way they end these seasons. They, they're doing that. They're wrapping up, but making it interesting and mm-hmm. leaving us wanting more, but not like, I have to wait. You know? Right, right. It's not, it's, it's a great, it's great. It's not everyone in a train car at Terminus, <laughs> you know, <laughs> where it's like, what? <laughs> So I I appreciate it when they don't do the cliffhangers. I really do. I do too. I think they do it right. Because there's there's enough that's going to keep us kind of thinking about it for the next few months. Like, you know, how's the chick and Caleb and Dylan thing going to play out? Because you know that's that's not going to just go away. Yep. Um. You know. How's, you know, is anyone going to know that Bradley died? One thing, another, okay, so I had mentioned earlier that there was twice when I was kind of scared for Dylan's life. Um, one was him going down to the basement. Uh-huh. And then the second one was when he, when Norman's, Norma is like, we need to go find him. I kind of thought they were going to find him. And for some, I don't know, I just thought that was going to end up bad. Wait, we need to find him? What are you talking about? When Norma and Dylan are in the basement and he's like, No, Bradley's alive and Norma's like Oh, oh you mean she could actually he could actually be running away f- with her and Dylan's like, It's possible, you know, and she's like, like they'd show up at the wrong place at the wrong time and yeah. Dylan would get killed. Yes. I, I kinda got I was like, Oh, don't go after him. <laughs> <laughs> Let him kill Bradley, that's all fine and good. <laughs> We all know it's going to happen, and it needs to happen. (laughs) Emily needs to unfollow her on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And I was hoping um, in the scene where after Norma um, locks 
Norman in the basement, and then she goes and looks out the living room window. I mean, she obviously looked out because she heard, like, Dylan pull up or something. I was really hoping that we'd see, like, uh, Romero on the backhoe, like, <laughs> burying the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> I was still holding out for the pit. <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> Back in your good graces, I uh, I just, just going to continue where I left off. I know it's like Mercedes for you, night, but I just this pit's really bugging me. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it, too. What do you rank it? I'm going to give it, I'm giving it 9 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't thought of what I'd give it 9 out of 10 of, though. Mm. So just 9 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Because it still lost a little bit because no chick. Yeah, I, I, I'm I happy with nine or nine and a half. I was really, really hoping for a Dylan and Bradley. I really did want for her to get like a earful from him. Yeah. Yeah, I think I gave it a nine just for all the things that it looks like it dropped. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to let this get take the brunt of most of the season <laughs> not getting resolved mm-hmm. um, such as I really thought they could have done better wrap up with the Arcanum Club I really thought that was an awesome yeah thing they introduced that died yes. I guess it served the purpose for what they wanted it to but I am really disappointed. I agree. That we didn't get more about it. Um, yeah. And a few things. A few plot things that didn't get resolved. Um, it loses no points for the Romero stuff. It's good there. Yep. Very satisfied. Um... Yeah. Hey, let's... 9 out of let's 10. Have a, let's have a little of those points. The 9 out of 10 taken off for no Eric <laughs> this season. <laughs> That's for you, Carrie. <laughs> we'll do 9 out of 10 new sets of lungs for Emma. Oh. Sounds good. Do you have a what the bit? You know, I tried so hard to find a what the bit moment and I couldn't. It's like what the bit free to me. I'm just going to what the bit the whole scene with uh, Norman, Head Norma, and Bradley. Just like how much it actually scared me. I think that's the first time watching this show that I was just like, that was actually scary. <laughs> like a little afraid of getting out of bed kind of stuff? Yeah, kind of like, 
I'm watching this at midnight by myself in a dark living room, and I wish I would have put a lamp on. <laughs> <laughs> so that gives it a what the bit? Yeah, totally. What the bit? That scared me. <laughs> Usually I'm not scared, and yeah, to me that's a what the bit. All right. Fair enough. Good what the bit. Cool. All right. Well.
She does too. Emma walks in the room. <laughs> What's a bimp? <laughs> Did she wee in there too? <laughs> and wheeze him on the phone. <laughs> Bradley sitting in her car outside her mom's house. Cuts to Bradley inside looking at a drawer full of watches and jewelry. She stuffs it all in a bag. She finds a big wall. <laughs> you know, we discussed last time. Was it last time? Um, did he f- Sorry. Did he F up or not? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> You're the one that did it. watching a lot of <laughs> a lot of dead true detective <laughs> I'm true detective <laughs> <laughs> uh, where was I <laughs> it was one of those moments you kind of reflect oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Judge. <laughs> <laughs>